Hello and welcome to another episode of Akeem's Dream Show. Today we're going to be talking about drink, pray, cut. Why every town has bartenders, priests, and barbers. Now, you may be familiar with the show Eat, Pray, Love. And I promise you this is a little bit different. The only thing that's similar is the pray part, but I will explain. Now, if we think about towns, most towns in the world, most cities, villages, squares, wherever people congregate, I think one of these institutions can be found there. I think you can find a barbershop, you can find a bar, you can find any kind of church, you can find any kind of religious place of prayer, you can find all these institutions, these classic institutions in any town. One of the three. And I think it goes beyond the fact that these institutions provide a key service that we're used to over the millennia. I think it goes a little bit deeper than that, like most things in life. I think there's a there's a service level answer, like there's a place where we can drink, where we can pray, where we can cut, and then there's the real answer, which is what I will loop back to at the end of this episode with my theory. All the people who really have all the information in society are doing the jobs that we kind of overlook with tools. Okay, so our first barbers were in ancient Egypt. The first instance of an organized or a purpose-built church for the for the sole purpose of congregating and praying, at least within the Catholic faith, was in Jordan in the year 301. And for all us drinkers, the first purpose-built bar, which is kind of fun fact here, I think first bar, we're the first bar, for most people, it's like wherever I started drinking, that's the first bar. But for the first bar in history, you'd have to go all the way back to Ireland. Ireland. Ah, the old Saki Hills of Ireland. Irish Spring. The f- the be- the freshest a man can get. <laughs> or the Conor McGregor's my favorite, favorite Irishman. What a beast. You'll do nothing. You'll do nothing. Uh, I think he just lost actually recently to first bar. It was in Ireland over 900 years ago. Kind of crazy. So these are ancient, these are, in the cases of barbers, thousands of years old and crazy, crazy, at least a thousand years old for everything else. With my own experience in this revelation, and the reason I had this revelation was in my mid-20s, and I'm doing outside sales, business development, and it's just really a traveling salesman. I'm just going from town to town, across the countryside, trying to sign up people with PepsiCo and I actually love that job I get to meet a lot of cool people and make my own schedule travel the land far and wide all across God's country and uh, meet sorts of people but I all I can remember thinking was man every town you'll recognize even if it's a town with a 500 people or even a hundred people in some cases where it's like literally a one-horse town or a one-street town with like a few boulevards they all each had either one of the three, two of the three, or all of the three. They all each had a bar, and it could have been a dive bar with like two seats, doesn't matter. A church, like a little tiny church, or a barbershop, salon, right? Place you get your hair done. I, I kind of looked at this and I'm like, okay, yeah, obviously they need those services, right? Everyone needs a drink, everyone needs to get their hair cut, everyone, everyone needs to... Uh, you know, pray to the Lord, Lord above, Lord, Lord baby Jesus, like, uh, what's that movie, uh, uh, Ricky Bobby, where they're sitting at the table, it's like, hey, sweet baby Jesus, can you, 
Thank you for my smoking hot wife. Thank you for all this uh, Mountain Dew, and thank you for all the sweet, sweet winnings we've been having. Ricky Bob is shake and bake. But this was, uh, you know, modern life. You think about all these towns, they all have this, right? And it's not just because those are the services that provided there. There's, there's, there's something underneath there, right? There's always, there's always more to the surface level of things, right? Whatever something is proposed to be, there's always a real reason why it's there. The first reason and then the real reason. Now we think about modern life, right? Modern therapy, which is, you know, professional therapists, people who go to school, and they learn about the human brain and how it works. I guess there's two, th there's schools, two schools of thoughts. There's the pseudoscience and then there's the real science. The real science is the therapists who go to school, learn about the brain, how the bra neurochemistry works. And those are the legit folks you want to seek out if you're having serious issues in life. And then there's the pseudoscience, and that's the pseudoscience, and that's the school of thought that says you can learn really anything about people if you listen to them long enough. If you have enough run-ins with people, you you kind of get the gist <laughs> about the basic human condi condition, about basic human nature, which I think is true about these three professions. They didn't study the brain, but goddammit, and not to use, uh, <laughs> not to be blasphemous when I'm talking about the church, they've probably heard about everything in most people's lives. Whether you're going to confession or you're going to the bar on a Friday after work or you're going to your bi-weekly haircut, you're going to spill the beans, right? So before therapy was widely accessible and available, and even to this day in rural communities, they don't all have, if you're living four or five hours outside of a metropolitan area, you don't have access to a therapist. My dad used to say there's, uh, there's people who are... Uh, uh, book smart and people dumb. But I think uh, the reason why a lot of people go to these three institutions, barbers, priests, and bartenders, because they have the people smarts, right? They interact with so many people. But just beyond but beyond the therapeutic or the soundboard, or whatever you want to call it, that, that aspect of it, these professions are also highly connected, right? So let's say you were in a town... And you needed to figure out who to donate. Uh, let's say you came across some money or you're philanthropic and you wanted to donate some cash. Well, you didn't know the organizations to donate money to. I mean, historically, the first place people would go was the church. Be like, hey, a pastor or hey, father or hey, whoever your religious leader is. You go up to them and be like, hey, uh, which uh, charity should I donate this cash to? Like, oh, so-and-so. They're all, all the priests, all the, all the religious leaders. They know the foundations they know the families they need help and they'll direct you in that way my barber speaking from personal experience my barber my barber has never let me down with uh with a food recommendation he's always given me the best advice when it comes to the best places to go check out in the city where to eat new trends in fashion <laughs> i don't know how he knows that I mean, oh, that's only a few times i guess uh what to try at starbucks uh, different kind of coffee shops around town He's into the more food and beverage culinary scenes, more of the all uh, the culture side of things, and then the the bartender. Holy shit! Don't even get me started. I mean, the bartender is the grand pumbaa, the kingpin, the queen of information. Most bartenders are better connected than the most successful business person or the most successful prominent politician in your town. If it's a popular bar and it's an established bartender who's been there since the dawn of time. They are going to know so much about that city. I'll tell you what. If it was ancient times, and by ancient times I mean like 60 years ago. If it was ancient times and I needed a job, 
guess where you're not going? The internet. The internet's only been around since like 1991 or some shit. <laughs> or 88 if you're in the military. Right? The internet's, the internet's less than a generation old. What, what do people do before that when they're looking for a job? Well, you could go to the newspaper or you could listen to the radio all day. Or you go to your bar. Talk to the bartender. Hey, Louie. Louis the bartender, let's say, right? Hey, Louis, uh, a little bit down on my luck, you know, I am got laid off the other week. Louis, yeah, I saw you hear that, boss. Yeah, no, it's all good, man. I mean, I'm back, bouncing back on my feet. It's good to see you, you know? And Louis might say, well, you know, uh, so-and-so was in here the other week, and they say they're opening another factory down the road, and uh, they're looking for X, Y, and Z. You might be qualified for that. Guess what? You show up off Louis' recommendation, bada-bing, bada-boom, you got a job. If I, even to this day, you can still, you can use indeed.ca, you can use monster, you can use any kind of temp agency. I would just go to a bartender. Now you can't now because of COVID pandemic, but post pandemic, if you need a hire, trust me, go to find out what the most popular bar is, figure out which bartender has been there forever. Start showing up there every Friday, build a relationship with Louis. BK Louis, uh, uh, what industries are popping right now? You know, what fields are kind of generating a lot of, cause think about it. If you're in a bar, you're sitting in a bar, you're a bartender, every walk of life is walking through that place. Every, every, every person from every political belief, every cultural belief, every cultural background, everybody drinks, okay? With the exception of the people who don't. But even the people who don't will still go to the bar and they'll just get some food, meeting the person who they know who does drink. The point is, people roll through these places and they start talking shit. And it's not eavesdropping if you're two feet away from the person sitting at the bar talking about whatever's happening. So they get the gossip indirectly straight to the dome. And they may not share names with you, but they can lead you in the right direction. So bartenders are powerful people. Probably the most, under, un, probably the most underrated, most powerful people in the, on the planet are bartenders, especially good ones. I remember I went to Vegas and I had some downtime. So I went to the bar waiting for my dad to arrive at the airport. So I go to the bar at this restaurant, this burger shack, I think it was called the Burger Palace. I take a seat and I start talking to the bartender. The bartender starts telling me about all the things to do in Vegas. He gives me all these secret codes. He tells me places to go, places to avoid. Uh, gives me the rundown of the whole city in about five or 10 minutes. And it made me think, bartenders are the unofficial tour guides of every town. If you go to a new town, best thing to do, go to the popular bar, Ask the bartender, yo, where, where's the hot spots? Where should I go? Where should I not? And I actually use that. So I don't go to Lonely Planet or any of these kind of travel directors anymore. I just get off the plane and go to the most popular bar, strike up a conversation with the bartender, and get it popping. To speak to the level of power some of these bartenders have access to, I'm thinking of a story of George Washington back in the late 1770s. He stumbled into a bar with a bunch of his uh, cronies and George Washington and all the founding fathers, whoever was there that night, must have been chatting about. Well, whatever it was, it must have been pretty profound because according to legend, George Washington and his crew ran up a bar tab of about $18,000 in $1770, whatever that is adjusted for inflation. That's quite a few bottles of uh, wheat ale and rye whiskey. The bartender serving all those drinks to George Washington, is there any doubt of the amount of clout and the amount of information that bartender must have?
You're telling me that guy doesn't know somebody? You're telling me that bartender isn't connected? Please. That bartender's got the scoop, man. He's got all the dirt on anybody. It's like uh, Denzel Washington at the end of training day when he goes, I'm taking out cases on all you bitches. You live here. I run it. You just live here. King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> beyond the connections, beyond the therapeutic side of things, there's one more, I think, even more important reason, which is probably more obvious and primal, but nonetheless important. And that is, it's, not a, it's, it, it, it's probably not a guaranteed, but there's a good chance that you trust either your bartender, your priest, or your barber more than your closest friend maybe even your significant other <laughs> or any person like that because in a lot of cases they're sworn they're sworn to secrecy with you that that bond between you and your bar barber that bond between you and your bartender that bond between you and your religious leader is so tight it's so profound that there's no way anybody's going to ask with it or fuck with it think about your barber you're sitting in a chair and every two weeks, let's just say you get a clean shave, you're a guy. He's putting a sharp blade that you could probably cut steak with about two inches away from your aorta artery. Okay? One false move and you're spilling out. <laughs> you're going to bleed out in about 30 seconds. And you go see him every two weeks to get this done for your entire life. You don't think there's a little bit of trust there? If being dead wasn't enough, he can also make you look like a baller or a homeless person in about 10 minutes. So... You got to be able to trust a guy like that. Now, your religious leader, right, or figure, they can forgive your sins, right, depending on what the faith is. or They can forgive your sins. They'll grant you a safe passage into the afterlife, whatever you believe. And in a lot of cases, I know especially in the Catholic Church, those priests, they're sworn to secrecy, man. Under threat of excommunication from the faith, they cannot snitch. Now, can you trust somebody who is bound by God not to snitch so in other words let's say you were to whack somebody right you killed somebody you went to your priest because you're just you riddled with guilt and you said father I have sinned what have you done my son well fuck <laughs> I uh I killed this motherfucker father be like are you asking for forgiveness or I don't know what they would say I've never been to confession before but if the police had you as a suspect and they knew you had a priest, if they went to that priest and said, hey, did, uh, did so-and-so, what did they do? Did they, did they do it? The priest is sworn to secrecy. They cannot spill the beans. I don't know about you, but that's good enough for me. A bartender, I mean, a bartender, they know your limits, right? And your sensitivities. They have to be able to cut you off. I was actually uh, taking my pro-serve a few summers ago, and I learned that if they over-serve you liquor, and you end up driving a car and having manslaughter, killing somebody on the road, it's actually the bartender can be held liable for that. So they're legally obligated to, they're, they're, they have a high interest in making sure you don't leave that bar intoxicated to the point where you can't walk or some shit like that. They won't let you drink yourself into a stupor. So these people are, these barbers, these, these religious leaders, these, uh, these bartenders, they are historical and they're kind of like modern day therapists. Modern day pseudotherapists. Right? They know everything about us, and we can probably trust them more than our lawyers. So dollars to donuts. Anytime you go to a new town, or any town, and if I was to start a new town, 
the first building I'm putting up is either a barbershop or a bar. Because <laughs> the construct, like, listen, the rest of the city needs to be built. We're going to need to go for a sandwich, right? Uh, a steak sandwich, some fries, and a, and, a, and a little beer by the bar. So that's the first building that's going up. So any building, any town, any village, anywhere on the on the whole surface of the earth, you go to any town, village, city, you are going to find either a bar, a church, or a barbershop. Because as people, if we don't let it out, it will blow us out. These three institutions, they're the secret relief valves of society. And that's why we drink, we pray, and we cut. Thanks for listening to another.